0: Praise the Lord, everybody. It's great to feel what we're feeling right now. And that's nothing more and nothing less than the Spirit of our great God and King, Jesus Christ. I appreciate the Spirit with which we have come into the service tonight. And I feel today... Now, I know somebody made the statement a while ago that tomorrow was going to be the best day of this entire camp. It's going to have to go some to beat today. It's just going to have to really get up and go to beat what I heard today. Brother Gray, this morning preaching about the keeper of the door, God helped me to understand what the Spirit said, then Brother Holly so greatly brought to us in the noon hour, continuing in the doctrine. God help me to continue in that doctrine tonight. That's my desire more than anything in the world is to be what the Lord wants me to be. Hallelujah. I'm not a part-time preacher, you hear me? And I'm not condemning you, but I just don't have any sidelines. I don't own any rent property. I don't own one cow. I don't own any farms. I have no interest in any other business, no stocks, no bonds, nothing but the Holy Ghost. And you can have it. That's your business. But my business is preaching. I love the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything I have is wrapped up in you, the church of the living God. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of it. That ministry I heard today, Brother Mahaney this afternoon, everything we've listened to today has been outstanding, and I believe that it's the Spirit trying to talk to us. We're the bride of our Lord. I watched the young man be married not long ago, and when... The bride walked in the back door, the door of the church, and they began that bridal march. I looked over at him standing under the lights, big tears was running down his face. I don't mean just little ones, big tears run down his face began to drip off on that suit he had. He watched every step, every movement, everything that was done. I don't suppose he ever took his eyes off of her. And finally, when it all stopped, the singing was over, and I asked the question, who gives? This woman in marriage, that dad, said her mother and I, as he stepped down off of the platform, those tears still running down his face as he went to meet his bride. I wish I could look at the face of God tonight. While you were dancing, while you were worshiping, and you're here so beautiful. And I believe somehow that battle march is being played in glory. And we're on our way. But I believe that when God looks at us, and all of your holiness and beauty, tears come to His eyes and run down His cheeks. I'm looking at his bride tonight. Brother Edwards, that's why it's so beautiful, a bride adorned to meet her husband. Hallelujah. Charles Mahaney preached a sermon two weeks ago in the Texas district. I've been invited, and I'll remember it a long time. I'm glad he invited me to come to that wedding as his bride. I preached to the church last night, my church, and I talked to you about a day's journey, not far, and very seldom does it happen to me as has happened tonight. You see, you prepare for these services ahead of time. You come to church. You come to the meeting. You're ready. But I heard the Lord speak to me just a moment ago, and it's not what I intended to preach tonight. My whole course of thinking changed just about 30 minutes ago. Can I preach what I feel? I want you to take hold of the hand of the one next to you. You may not know him. Can you imagine that that hand you're holding Whether it be a son, a wife, a husband, a daughter, a mother, or a dad, could you imagine that you have the hand of a soul? A soul that's never going to die? A soul living in a tabernacle that we know as E.L. Holly, Arlen Foss, Lee Edwards, a soul that you don't really know. And that soul that you're holding the hand of tonight has got to spend an eternity somewhere. It's in the intentions of every man's heart to be saved. Only a fool would say, Let me alone. I want to go to hell. Sir, you don't know what hell's like. That's why you make a statement like that. A boy that looks at Dad and says, Leave me alone. You don't understand, son. The lukewarm saint that tells a pastor, Don't worry but don't tell us that you're saying that not understanding the apostle paul said knowing the terror that's why I do what I'm doing don't tell me not to worry Called a young lady in the office just two weeks ago. I know I'm keeping you standing a long time, but this don't change this atmosphere just yet. Raised in the church, never knew anything else, violated one of the basic fundamentals of holiness. I called her in, I said, you know that you can't do that and still be a Sunday school teacher. I know it, Brother Foss. I expected you to talk to me. I'd have been disappointed if you didn't. A girl raised around these altars, but she looked at me cold calculating and said but it's my soul don't worry about me how can you say that how can you tell the shepherd to say don't worry about me I feel a desperate urge to preach to you like that tonight. I don't know who it is, but somebody's in this tabernacle tonight. You're going to hear God call you for the final time. And when I close this service, it'll be over. Please don't ask me not to worry. My heart aches. My spirit aches. I want to preach something else, but God spoke to me 30 minutes ago. the book of Proverbs chapter 1, the darkest statement contained in this book. Chapter 1, verse 24. Because I have called and You refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded it. But you have said it not, all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. And I will also laugh, honey, when God laughs, it's not funny, I will laugh at your calamity. And I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. What I'm about to preach tonight is out of context for a camp meeting. Maybe youth camp. But something is going on in this place tonight. Where are you, sir? Who are you? He talked to him and said, Would you send Lazarus and let him dip his finger in water? Come and cool my tongue. Abraham said, Son, remember your lifetime. You received good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf, a span that cannot be crossed. Sorry, can't do it. I'm going to pray tonight. I want you just to reach over and lay hands on somebody. God, I going to use for a subject tonight. No intercessor. No intercessor. You may be seated. I appreciate the awareness that God has given to His church. There seems to be a spirit of awakening among us. And suddenly we're hearing voices with certain sounds. And I do appreciate it tonight. Yet when we look at the church of living God,
1: and Elder Holly
0: today made such a masterpiece out of a Bible study. And he said, historians tell us that a church cannot maintain itself for more than 50 to 75 years. And I've heard this, I remember the 40th General Conference, He said, Brother Foss, how long you been going to General Conferences? i got a ribbon here in my Bible somewhere, but if I'm not mistaken, dates back sometime into the 40s. I heard it in our fortieth year. They say that the fiftieth year we begin to make the turn, that in the fiftieth year things begin to change. I've almost scoffed at it that it wouldn't be. but. I don't believe that I could fairly tell you tonight that I'm not seeing some changes in this church that I love so much. The change comes so slow and so gradual until you're not really aware. Of what's going on. But if we change in the next ten years as much as we have in the last ten, and because of the change that's taking place in the internal body. I feel that I need to tell you tonight that it's the most dangerous time the church has ever known for you to still be lost. I agree with Brother Edwards tonight, the need of this church is not good preachers. You've got some of the best that have ever lived in the church today. But somewhere from the bus over to now, something has changed. No, I don't want to go back to the brush arbor. But the change disturbs me. Not so much because that it's something that I don't want. But you must know the very heartbeat of God is to save the lost. And of all the things that hell would like to do to us is to destroy our ability to reproduce and be productive.
1: Few sure of us know what
0: real old-time revival is. Oh, I know you're going to disagree with me, but honey, that's all right. You probably disagree with me a lot before this camp meeting's over. Real revival. you danger involved is that when I do not preach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I can't reach you anymore. Hallelujah. Now hear what I'm saying. Hear it carefully. The ministry that is so able, has a constant flow of words that flow so rapidly and so great. The message is great to listen to, but it fails to do that, that it was given to do. Hear me, our young men no longer… Decide that I want to be what the Lord wants me to be, but the minute they walk to the pulpit, you can tell who their idol is. Hear what I'm telling you, sir. It's not the will of God for you to be like E.L. Holly, or Foss, Tommy Kraft, or anybody else. It's God's will for you to be what the Lord wants you to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But somehow they look at us and they pattern themselves after a man. But oh, God, give us men that know how to go somewhere and get a hold of God with a message that will break the heart, the soul of a man when he preaches to that man. To change. I'm a modern preacher. Wind me up. I do my thing. Then it's over with. God, give us men that have a burden. That have a burden. I don't want to just preach to you. i got people to preach to at home. I want God somehow to allow me to reach down in the heart, the soul of a man, and wring something out of there for the cause of Jesus Christ. And because of the lack of a burden in the heart of the ministry. Oh, don't tell me, sir. Brother Foss, I don't believe it. Yeah, you believe it. I have no problem getting people to come preach for me. Hello. I talked to an evangelist. Come to Bethel Tabernacle, preach for us. Immediately he pulled out his book. Okay, Brother Fox, when When you want me to come? But let the little man at the crossroads that's struggling to keep his head above the water and don't have many to preach to, let him ask him. And he tells him, okay, fella, someday I'll come and be with you. Honey, it's not a burden that does that. I'm talking to you about a preacher that knows how it is to get a hold of God and preach to a soul. I was never so stripped of this feeling that you're a camp evangelist. You're a speaker that you go everywhere and you preach everything like I was just a few months ago. Brother Holly, I called and told a man, I'm coming through and I'll be there for a few days. I want to be in service with you. On a Sunday, And on the phone, I could hear him. He stopped. He, you... Want to be in service with me? Yes, sir. All right. I got into the town. I called him. I said, I'm ready now. And he said, service starts at a certain time. And I told him I'd be there. And I walked into that bank, holding service in the basement of a bank. I walked into that audience. There sat the preacher, his wife, three children, another man, his wife, and one more young man. And that was their church. I listened to them sing, I listened to them testify. But when I walked to the pulpit, I looked to them, and tears running down their face. And they said, Brother Fox, we didn't believe that anybody like you would ever come preach for us. Oh, God, help the ministry today to understand that God wants you to go to the highways, the byways, the hedges, and find a soul. I say it's dangerous for you not to be saved tonight because of the physical change that's taking place in the church of the living God. Brother Foss, I can't see the change. Honey, you not only can see the change, but you can hear the change if you stop long enough to listen for it. This church born in a bosom of intercessory prayer. How long has it been since you heard anybody really pray an intercessory prayer? There's something about an intercessor that grips the heart of God and wrings out of him everything that belongs to the church. When you get a hold when you take hold of God, you can squeeze out of that big old heart everything you need that the art of intercession no longer exists in the church of the living God. The only time that God was ever stymied, he said, I searched for a man to make up the hedge and fill in the gap, but I didn't find any. I believe that the eyes of God is going over this audience tonight. It's looking for somebody that with one hand can take hold of a soul that's dying, wallowing in the red of sin, and with the other hand take hold of God and bring them two together and cause the Spirit of God to reach that soul. But because we lack that ministry, I say it's dangerous for you. We don't really have to do that to have revivals anymore. I'm rich. I've got other ways to have it. But, oh, God, let that birth of intercession be born in us again. How long has it been, shepherd? How long has it been, evangelist, since you got down on your face before God and wrestled with God and pled until you knew that somehow you had reached the cross and breached that God and got a hold of God and God was listening to what you were saying? You see, sinner friend, you've never known what it's like not to be able to touch God. You've always had somebody that could pray and reach God for you, but there's no glamour in that anymore. And it's becoming a lost art in the Pentecostal church. Oh, the cry of the heart of God is, give me a man, give me a man, give me a man, give me a man. I say, United Pentecostal Church, we have yet to see and feel the impact of the man that will give himself wholly unto the Lord and say, here I am, Lord, use me the way that you want to use me. Dangerous. Dangerous. I'm preaching to people tonight, whoever it is that this battle is going on in your heart. I don't know why that I feel the way I feel, but I'm going to tell you you're without an intercessor. There's something wrong somewhere. And if this preacher don't reach you tonight, you're going to walk out of this world unreached. And Brother Holly, I'm asking God, let me somehow break up the ground that I can reach through that place and touch that heart. It's not my son. It's not my wife. You see, they're in the church with me. But oh, honey... The heartbeat of God is to leave the ninety and nine in the fold and go out there and find that one that's fallen over the cliff and pick him up and bring him back to God. But you see, the ministry of the shepherd is not a ministry to be desired. When you pick up a sheep that's sick, maybe you know more about it than I do, but I've been around it some. When a sheep is sick, and he gets wet, his own nose begins to run, and that's such a stink and a mess that comes out of his nose. But, sir, when you pick him up, There is a secretion that comes from his body that doesn't wash off. The only way that you can get it off is that it wears off. And not many of us today want to reach down and pick up that sheep that don't smell good. But it is the heartbeat of God that somebody reach down and get a hold of that one and bring them back. You know the reason that we relegate so many to the regions of the damned is because we're not interested in going after them. Therefore, we say they're out of reach. Honey, they might have said it about you before, but I've got a hold of God tonight, and I'm trying to reach you the best I know how. I'm asking God somehow to let this message reach out. And touch the heart of that wounded lamb. That's the heart of that lukewarm saint. That's the heart of that discouraged preacher. And bring him back to where God wants him to be. Who are you? Where are you? What's going on? You see, the intercessor does something to God that nothing else does. The intercessor can actually wring it out of him, Brother Holly. When God has firmly made up his mind and said, I'm going to do it, the man get a hold of God just right, sir, right now, out there somewhere. May be a guided missile on a highway that's waiting for you to get out there with your name written across the front of it. But somehow there is somebody that knows how to get a hold of God and say, God, just a minute, just a minute. But insensitivity. Being calloused toward the Spirit has cost us so much, oh, that God would give us a tender heart, a tender touch, that we can feel the touch of the Spirit, that we can obey the will of the Spirit that we can feel the move of the Spirit and instantly move in the direction that He wants us to go. Honey, in just a twinkling of an eye, your whole life can change. The whole style of your life changes. You better pray that somebody has got a hold of God for you tonight. But there was no intercessor. Where would you be if there wasn't an intercessor? I can tell you, we slipped the car out of a man's garage one day. He didn't know it. He was gone to work. I knew better than to do it. I knew I shouldn't do it, but boys are boys, and they're going to do things like that. We wasn't stealing the car. The boy's son was the one that was doing the driving, and we took it out of the garage, and we was going to the river to go swimming. I'll never forget it. An old Ford, the kind that... When you turn the key off, you lock the steering wheel. And about the time we got about a mile from where we was going to go and go swimming, some of them began taking off the shoes, and they began taking off the shirt. And you know the old story, the boy said, the last one in is so-and-so and so on. And the boy that was driving decided, well, I'm going to do it too. And he cranked that thing up to about 90 miles an hour. Creek. Just below De Quincey, Louisiana. And we decided we'll start taking off my shoes. And he reached up and turned the key off. Slipped it into his pocket. That time that old highway was about 12 feet out of that swamp. Down there was a curb. I'll never forget how I felt, Brother Collie, when that old car left that highway and hurtled through the air and we hid in that swamp out there and it buried up almost halfway of the window glass in that nasty muck and mire. And I began to kick on the door to get out. And when I got home, I was scared, brother. I was scared stiff. Not only because we took the car, but I knew that I had a close brush with death. I walked in the house, my aunt's home, I heard a voice in the back bedroom, weeping. I walked in and sat down. In a few minutes, there comes that old star of my life walking out of that room. He said, Son, where have you been? We're going swimming, Daddy. He said, Is everything all right? Yeah." Now, he said, about an hour ago, I felt an urge to pray. I felt an urge to pray. And all I could pray for was you. Thank God. An intercessor. You see what Brother Foster's is telling you? There was a time that sin, the stench of sin was so bad, it was so great. God looked at a city and said, I am going to destroy it. God, help us. The spirit of Sodom is engulfing us today. Hello? Hello? God, give us men, real men, real men. I'm sick. I'm tired of what's going on. I'm just going to wipe them out. And there was an old man over yonder in the mountains. He had no thought of Sodom and Gomorrah. Over there doing what he was supposed to do tending his flocks, praying daily. God sent the angel down and rain fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. But then something touched the heart of God. Wait a minute. You no. Know, maybe i better go and tell old Abram about it. God, what you want to tell him for? I need to go and tell him. When he got over there, he said, Abraham, I thought I tell you. I'm going to destroy Sodom. And Gomorrah, you're what? I'm going to destroy them. I'm tired of the way they're doing. I'm going to wipe them off the face of the earth. And that old man began to reason. And he said, God, just a minute. Wait a minute. Now, God, listen to me. You see, when the intercessor takes hold of God, God stops and he listens to what he says. God, it's not like you to destroy the righteous with the wicked. I know how bad they've been. I know how putrid their sin is. I don't blame you, God. I'd want to do it too. But God, just a minute. All right, Abraham, what do you want? God? I know there's thousands of them down there. But if I could go and by just fifty. day. Would you spare the city? You see what Brother Foss is trying to show you tonight is the fact that when an intercessor gets a hold of God, God stops what he's doing and says, I'll reconsider what's going on. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that's already had it written across your name that you was out of reach, but I'm praying that God somewhere will allow to reach out and get a hold of the heart of God and say, God, just a minute, just a minute. Abraham, come on, fella. Oh, God, if I find 50, would you change your mind? Abraham, I'm so tired of it. But job just fifty? Yeah, okay, okay. If you find fifty, I'll do it. He didn't even get up and go and look. He didn't open anything. He didn't uncover anything. He didn't ask one soul a question. He just went back on his face and said, "God, I want to talk to you some more." Now Abraham, I've already made a deal with you, Betty. I know God, and I know, but. Look, God, if I find 40, would you spare the. Yeah, Abraham, if you find 40. He didn't go and knock on the door. I appreciate your consideration. But you see, when you've got a hold of Him, that's the time to get what you need. Honey, it's been so long since some of you had a hold of God. It's been so long since some of you have really reached out there and got a hold of the thing that opens up glory world to you. It's been so long since you knew that you were talking directly into the heart of God. Abraham said, God, I know you told me 40, but now God, look, if I go down there and find you sturdy, Abraham, you're driving a hard bargain. But if you find 30, I'll still spare it. Oh, but God, you're, you're a great God, and you're wonderful, and I appreciate it, but God, I hate to ask you this, but this is the way I feel. Abraham, God, if I find just twenty, 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 two or three hundred thousand people in those twin cities. And I find just twenty. No. Let me draw on my imagination here just a little bit. Perhaps looked at him this time and said, No. But no, the Scripture didn't say that. God looked at him. Abraham. Abraham. My God, Abraham, turn me loose. Abraham. God, how about it? 20? Yeah, I'll, I'll spare it for 20. And then another time down on his face again. And God was ready to send the angels. Abraham said, God, I don't want to weary you. I don't want to weary you, God. But if I find just him. And again, he had a hold of the heart of God and began to ring out of that heart the answer. And that heart squeezed and convulsed in the hand of the intercessor. And God said, Abraham, I'll spare it for ten. And then Abraham slowly but surely released the grip on God. And I believe with my heart, if Abraham would have stayed with him, And said, God, would you spare it for just one? If that intercessor would have stayed with him, God would have bent. God would have bowed to his desire. He said, I'll do it. I'll do it. Abraham, you've got me in a strait. Oh, that I could get God in a strait. For this audience tonight, if I could get God caught in the grip of an intercession, oh, if I could make God understand that they're here and somehow this church is going to reach for them tonight. Oh, God. Who are you, sir? Oh, God. Hear us, Lord. Hear us, Lord. Hear me, sir. I don't know when i felt this away in a camp meeting, but I feel something going on in this place tonight like I haven't felt in so long. It would be a shame for this meeting to come to a close and nobody find God full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, when God spoke to me while ago. I said, God, wait a minute, that's not what I want to preach. But then he began to get a hold of my heart. I need something else, son. I need something else. Oh, that God would allow me. I wish I could walk down there where you are and put my hand on you and tell you it's you. You see, God told another man, that I'm going to wipe out Israel. I'm tired of the way they're doing. I'm tired of what they've done. They've built golden calves. They've danced around them. They haven't even given me the credit for bringing them out of Egypt. Rebellious, stiff-necked people. And I'm just going to wipe them out. And God said, Moses, get out of the way. And I'm going to, what do you do? Them. I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to make you a great nation. You see, God knew what to appeal to. He appeals to our feelings and our dignity and He wants to appeal to our ego. And you're not fooling with a, a, a novice when God walks. He said, Moses, I'm going to throw you something here, son. I'm going to make you the nation. I'll pick it up from Abraham. I'll make you the one. Oh, that God would give us men that had that kind of a spirit. And Moses said, God, I don't want to be a nation. But while we're talking, incidentally, God, there's something I want to tell you. What is it, Moses? I know they've been hateful. I know they've they've been rebellious. I know they've been... Bad and all of that. I know that they've turned their face against you. But God, I just want to tell you, if you can't forgive them, hear me, God. And when Moses said that, for the Varnadori reached over and got a hold of the heart of God, he said, If you can't forgive them, then while you're blotting out, you block blot my name out with them. The words of God was, Hey, you got me in a strait. You got me, son. Hear me, God. And God said, All right. I bow to it, Moses. Oh, tonight, sir, somebody i better make God bow to what's going on in your heart. It's so dangerous because there's not many people here that can do what I'm telling you about. There's not many here that knows what intercession it's all about. A revival to them is a song and a dance a big offering and a crowd. Oh, but to God a revival is an intercessor that can reach up and bridge the gap between God and the man that's lost and bring them together. Oh, that God would shake us, that God would awaken this church, and a revival of intercessory prayer would be born in the heart of His people one more time. You see, you've always been able to depend on somebody? What was he trying to tell you? What was he trying to say? Ask your presbyter. Ask your Bible teacher. Ask your district secretary. Ask your superintendent. What was he saying? When he looked at a tree and he didn't find any fruit, And he said, cut it down. Throw it in the fire. What was he saying? What was he trying to tell you? Honey, he was trying to show you something. But when he did, the keeper of that vineyard looked at him and said, just a minute. Just a minute. Don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. You see, God has already come by you. And He said, cut it down. Oh, don't think that He can't do it. Sir, He can cut it down before you know what's going on. But the man that's in touch with Him, the man that was in touch with the Master then, said, God, wait just a minute. Don't cut it down. Let me dig around it just one more year. Let me work around it one more year. Let me dung it one more year. And then when you come back, I won't say a word. You can just cut it down and it can go. I'm preaching to people tonight that that old pastor of yours has laid awake in the middle of the night. That mother of yours has lost sleep in the night and God said, cut it down. But somebody said, God, just a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Let me preach. Let me pray, let me talk, let me work. Honey, but the time's coming, and that old man of God is not going to reach God for you. Mama can't do it anymore. It's dangerous for you to be where you are because you're out of reach unless somebody stands tall tonight and reaches God. Goodbye, sinner. Goodbye. If I don't reach you, I'm telling you, you're gone. He probably will tell you about it one night. In the course of this meeting. But I saw the spirit of death walk into my church and I feel that same spirit in this place tonight. And I'm appealing to you if you know how to pray you better get a hold of God now. Different camp meeting than I've ever been in. Something's happening here tonight. God, let me talk to you for a minute. Before you write them off, let us sing one more song. Let us play the organ one more time. Let us pray
1: one more prayer.
0: God, maybe we can turn them around. Would you reconsider God? Would you reconsider God?
1: Would you reconsider
0: God? You see, he said that we had saved some of you as though we pulled you out of the fire. And I see some of you slipping away from me tonight, young man. You better hear this preacher. You better hear this preacher. You better hear me me if you never hear another one. There's something happening tonight. We need an intercessor somewhere. Brother Holly, somebody needs to get a hold of God somehow. Somebody take the heart of God in their hand and begin to squeeze. Just about ten more minutes now, and it'll all be over. I feel the Spirit telling me it's time to change. It's time to stop. But I'm going to ask you, listen to the music. Perhaps the last time you'll hear it where you can still reach God. Oh, you may come to church again, but honey, next time it'll be when God laughs But somebody has got the heart of God in their hand and they're beginning to squeeze. Come on, Daddy, come with your boy. I don't blame you. If I had a boy here tonight without God, I'd go find him somewhere. And if I was here without the Holy Ghost, I'd get up and walk down these aisles asking, God, God, let somebody get a hold of you for me. Oh, oh, oh. Hear me, Mississippi, hear me. There's something happening in this place tonight. Somebody needs to squeeze the heart of God. Sing, but I want you to sing like you've never sung before. I want you to put everything you got in it because you're singing the last time that a soul will ever hear you on this side of Calvary. Oh God where are you? don't let it pass Don't let it pass Don't let it pass. Whoa!